Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Um, with this message, uh, greater thanks. And Holy Spirit, is, um, as we move into the, uh, this season, move into a season of prayer, understanding that God has called us to step into greater things. Amen? And, and know that the Spirit of God is just moving through um, our church and leading us into an environment where we know our identity, we know our calling, and, and we're ministering, living in the true identity that there is a ministry spirit, there's a ministering spirit that is coming upon the house and coming on individuals. And I, and I want to speak prophetically. I, I believe that, that there is something greater happening in our midst than, than you can imagine, that, that with the structure, with the, with the shift that goes on, people see a people see often, they, they start measuring the wrong things. But I, I, I want you to see that the Holy Spirit is going to cause an outbreak and, a, and such courageous faith, great amazing works of faith yeah. are going to break out. Yeah. Amen? Uh, and I really believe that, that there are those who are going to rise up to a call of ministry, rise up to, to, to do courageous things in faith, right. That, that have, people have, have kind of felt, I'd like to do that, but not really seen. It's like the spirit realm opens the doors to it. Here's the thing with ministering and doing courageous ministry things is that it will only ever sit in your heart until the Holy Spirit opens the doors. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, there are some people who attempt to try and make stuff happen because they've got a cry in the heart to do stuff. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, I understand that, trying to make, but, but it always leads to disaster because you can't do it in your own strength. Yeah. But, but the Holy Spirit opens double doors, and the double, double doors only open up in, in unusual environments of faith. Um, and so you have to step into an unusual environment wow. for, to do unusual things yeah. for God. And, yeah. and, and here's the thing, we've we, we got to do something unusual because the usual's already been done. Yeah. All right, it's already been done. So we've got to step into the unusual. To step into the unusual, we must have an unusual move of the Holy Spirit. We must have an unusual encounter with the Holy Spirit. And that causes a commissioning into the hearts and lives of believers. And it causes an empowerment and a breakout to do things which are courageous, which, which, are, um, which step into a zone of, of extraordinary faith. And, and so... Tonight, I want to speak about how the Holy Spirit does that work. And I'll speak about the greater things. Now, it says in Ephesians, sorry, John, we'll go to Ephesians eventually. It says in John chapter 16, verse 7 to 11, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For I do, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come... He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness, of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. 
Now, that's probably about one of the most mystical things that Jesus could have said of the Holy Spirit, right? Isn't it, really? Of all the things you want to hear him say about the Holy Spirit, sin, sin, righteousness, and judgment being convicted of those things, it's like, oh, okay, no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) You can imagine them listening there thinking, well, okay, that's Jesus talking about weird stuff again. I have no idea. That's uh, just keep smiling, boys. <laughs> and yet, this statement, Jesus starts off by saying, it's to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go, the helper will not come to you. Yes. What that means is, if, if Jesus going away is an advantage, I mean, you can imagine the advantage they have having Jesus with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. It, that's like having on your team... You know, when I was a kid at school, we, we always wanted an, on our team that the kids who were the fastest, the biggest, the strongest, yeah. the smartest, you always want that. They're the ones who got picked first. And, and uh, so you, you want them on your team to make your team. Jesus is the one you always want on your team, right? And Jesus is going, yeah, but I'm going away that the Holy Spirit's to your advantage. So something greater than wow. the then the single presence of Jesus Christ upon the earth is coming. It's a little bit difficult to get that into your head, right? Jesus is going, if I go, this is getting better. And so, and then he goes on to say what the work of the Holy Spirit is here to do. Now, here's the thing. The mission of the Holy Spirit is to resolve the measure of our brokenness. The the mission of the Holy Spirit is to resolve the measure of our brokenness and that it would reflect the measure of his wholeness. So So his mission is to resolve this conflict Mm. of brokenness that is human nature. He's come to resolve that. And he's come to deliver to us a revelation of the measure of our wholeness in Jesus Christ. And these will always be the great conflicts of our life on a daily basis, on a on a a ministry basis, on a on a faith basis vision faith basis it it doesn't matter what it is that you're attempting to do it doesn't matter what the church is attempting to do there is this constant tension within our lives and within our hearts and the tension is this our brokenness reveals our inability to do the work all right our brokenness reveals it that the more you push into the presence of God, Christ the more broken you are revealed to be <laughs> yeah. and, and you would you would think if I push into the I'll, I'll feel more healed but what you feel is more exposed yeah. <laughs> and the reason there's a reason for that Because he wants you to understand the fullness of the measure of our identity in Christ. Let me just give you this scripture in Ephesians chapter 4. Here's the mission statement. Paul's prayer. 
till we all come to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the son of God to the perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so this is the this is the mission statement God is he wants to deal with this brokenness when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is dealing with three arenas in our in our life just three all the time and it will always rotate everything you're dealing with will always rotate around these three subjects sin righteousness and judgment everything revolves around those three things all right now i want you to see this He, he goes let me just read it to you again And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. His first statement is of sin, because they do not believe me. Now, conviction... The word conviction means to bring light, to bring revelation, to bring understanding. We, We see conviction in its negative context because we understand it to bringing a, it is, if I, if someone has been, excuse me, if someone has been convicted of a crime, we understand that they've been found guilty of a crime. But conviction doesn't mean to be found guilty. Conviction means to bring light to. It means the the Holy Spirit has come to bring light to a situation. So, So if the Holy Spirit is to convict the world, he's not coming to convict it in terms of bring judgment of you are guilty. He's come to bring to the world the light. This is the work to bring light to the world. The Holy Spirit has come to bring light on sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so Christ was sent to pay the price that he might win a victory, that he might go to the Father, that the Spirit who came upon Christ might come upon all people to convict, to bring light on the issue of sin. And sin, what sin, right? On the issue of sin. How do you summarize sin? It's like to convict the world of sin. Well, there's a lot of sin in the world. (laughs) It's a lot of sin. What is the sin that he's come? And Jesus brings all of these three statements down to specific areas. What God's really interested in. What's he really interested in? What's the sin that's really bothering him? What's he got to deal with? Because as Christians, we, we, can, be, we can be so distracted by the sin of the world that we fail to understand the sin that constrains the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Mm, wow. Are you with me here? 
We can be so overwhelmed by the sin of the world. Oh, God, this terrible sin. The, the, I mean, the, the, world, the world is good at sin, right? It's, 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 part, of, it's part of its profession. That's <laughs> what it does. Just when you think that it's fallen to a, a, a depth you can't believe, it invents another one. And you're left going, I can't believe this. When, when you think about how society values so many areas of our lives that we used to, you just wouldn't go there 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And society is just, is just falling into the despair of itself, constantly, constantly being revealed about its depravity of sin. And yet Jesus, in this statement, goes, yeah, he's come to convict the world of sin because they don't believe in me. So the sin, he's not talking about adultery or sexual sin. He's not talking about behavior. He's not talking about how far away you can get from God. He's just talking about this, belief. That's what everything revolves around belief. When you believe in him, your, your life turns toward him. When you don't believe in him... Everything else that you do is a reflection of that. Yeah. <coughs> so if he deals with belief, he deals with everything. And so if we deal with belief, we reveal the power of God in everything. Yeah. If we can deal with our belief issue, you've got to see and understand that, you see, faith... Is something that we have to, the Bible says in Hebrews that it's without faith, it's impossible to please God. So faith and believing is not framed around your capacity to believe for something. Faith is summarized in your relationship and believing in someone. It's about a relationship with God, first and foremost. And here is the thing. It says in Hebrews that now faith is the evidence of things hoped for. So so believing and having faith, believing and having faith is an evidence-based, it's evidence-based in your life. If you have faith, it is an evidence of something. So if I, if I have faith, I must have evidence in my life that I have faith. Otherwise, I don't have faith yet. <laughs> if you say, well, I've got faith, show me the evidence. Now, here's the amazing thing. You see, faith, my faith in Christ is revealed in the fruit. See, fruit of God that comes out of your life is the evidence of your faith, right? It has to be something that is revealed and something which is measurable. We understand that the fruits of the Spirit, long-suffering, patience, these are fruits. Well, what are they? They're the evidences. You can say that's a word. (laughs) These These things are the evidence... 
of your faith in Christ, long-suffering, faithfulness, patience, righteousness, are the evidence of a belief in him that causes you to live a life that in any other way doesn't make any sense. Does that make sense to you? Your worship is an evidence of a life of devotion and faithfulness to him. So it's evidence. This is part of your evidence. Show me the evidence of your faith. Look at my worship. Look at my, the way I live my life. If I tithe, my tithe is the evidence. It's the evidence of my devotion. It's part of my worship. It's part of my covenant relationship. This is evidence. It's not just the things which we believe for. They are the, actually, the things we receive are the overflow of the fruitfulness of our believing. And so, what happens is that we have to come to a consistency like the man who was with Jesus, who came to Jesus to heal his son, he says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And so in other words, he, like the rest of us, had, has faith but has unbelief at the same time. Yeah. And the great tension of our life for the flow of the Holy Spirit is managing the, the is bringing a measure of the wholeness of God that I can believe and counteract the unbelief that is part of my fallen nature. Yeah. And so I must constantly deal with, do I believe in you, Jesus? Do I believe that you can do these things? I believe, Jesus said that we are to believe in him, believe in me. He said, believe. And so belief in Jesus Christ is the key identity of the nature of our sin. And when we feel like we're falling away from him, we feel that the sin things which we do, those become the highlight. Mm. But God won't measure us according to the things that we do. Mm. You did this, you did that. We'll just be measured on this. Did you, do you believe in him or not? Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's the question. Is, is it, 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 makes, it makes the whole ministry process very simple. Mm. Believe, not believe. Believe, not believe. It. Wow. You believe... Here's the evidence you didn't be, you, you did believe. Here's the evidence you, you believe. And look at all this fruit that came from your belief. Yeah. Look at all this evidence of not believing. Well, if you're growing weeds in your garden, you've got to start sowing different kind of seed. Yeah. To sow a different kind of seed, you've got to have a different kind of belief system. So if you're struggling with those things, you want the Holy Spirit to move in your life. The first, the first measure of our brokenness is revealed in our sin, which is called unbelief. Wow. Now, once he's dealt with that, he comes to convict the world of righteousness. Have you ever heard of being convicted of righteousness? <laughs> I've just been convicted of righteousness. It's a <laughs> but 
conviction is to shed light. So God came to the world to shed light of righteousness. And it's a light that reveals our true identity. Our brokenness reveals that we're not righteous. Now look at this, Hebrews 3, 21. Because if God can get you, listen to me, if God can get you believing, he can lead you into righteousness. And see, see, righteousness is about access. About access to all areas. So Chaz and I went down with Joe, we went down to... Um, uh, Sheffield, we went to Dave Gilpin's that they had the, uh, thank you, uh, they went to, uh, they had their heist men's conference and uh, uh, we, we just drove down, it was a one day conference, we drove down and drove back, it was an epic, eight hour drive <laughs> and uh, we went, it was really, and I'm, I'm talking about it a lot now because Andy was invited but he couldn't quite oh. make it and so I'm just showing him how much he missed and uh, <laughs> so, but in the men's conference, they provided, they, they had food, etc., etc. right? But you had to, at lunchtime, they had food, you had to buy food, but, and you had to have cash to buy food, but the cash machine's like, it's like a 20-minute walk. By the time you've walked to the cash machine and come back, there's no food. <laughs> so if you haven't got cash, you can't eat. And we're looking at it going, what, what are we going to do? By the time you've walked, you might as well just buy food. And, uh, and Joe just goes, I think we should get, go to the green room and the green room is the access place for the speakers and those who are you know in that little team i mean a lot of the hope city pastors they don't get access to the green room because it's a limited space and it's 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 there specifically to minister to the people who are ministry it's important space for the ministers and joe goes to me (laughs) because he's my son (laughs) <laughs> and he just expects access. He goes, we should just go to the green room. And I go, Joe, that is genius. We should just go to the green room. Right? <laughs> why, why would we not go to the green room? I mean, it's, we're not even Hope City people. I mean, <laughs> and there are a lot more worthy people than Hope. And I was, so we just stood there looking at the green room, access room. And, and eventually someone goes, this is, Pastor Dave says, would you like to come to the green room? Yes, we would. Thank you very much. <laughs> So we go in there and we have dinner and we don't have to pay. And, and we get to talk to the speakers. <laughs> and they're busy all the other times, so this is the time to talk to them. And so there we are in the green room eating and, and living in a full access. It, gave, it gives us full access to all areas. See, righteousness gives you full access to, to all areas. Without righteousness, you can't get access because... You are not considered worthy to come. But, but there is a righteousness. Now look at this in Romans three twenty one. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So you see this. If you convict the world of sin, not only do you deal with the issue of sin, but you also deal with the issue of righteousness. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. There is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that in Jesus 
that is in Jesus Christ, whom God sent forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because of his forbearance. God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. The Holy Spirit has come to convict us of righteousness. He needs you to understand the righteousness that is placed upon you as part of your relationship with him. You've got to get that because the one identity that is on all of us is our feeling and belief of not being qualified to do what it is we're called to do. Can I get this into you? You're not qualified and never will be. End of. Don't even try and go there. I believe it was uh, the elevation. Stephen Vertick wrote a book on unqualified. He wrote a book called Unqualified because it was a statement that somebody else rather arrogantly had described that they wanted, somebody had said, um, what do you make of Stephen Furtick? This man, very um, full of his own ministry capabilities, said of Stephen Furtick, unqualified. Well, if someone is unqualified, can build, build a church like that, what do you need to be qualified for? <laughs> of course you're unqualified. We are broken people but the righteousness that comes from God is your qualification the Holy Spirit has been poured out to deal with our unbelief that it can also in the same measure he can deal with our revelation of righteousness I am righteous because I believe in Jesus and if I am righteous my righteousness is my access to all areas of his kingdom there is no limit to what I am called to do, no limit to what I am capable of doing, because I am now carrying the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said that I would do greater things than he has done. Wow. It is a it is an extraordinary. It's an extraordinary thing. I haven't gotten that scripture written down. I think I deleted it on the way in this morning. <laughs> accidentally in, a, in um, John chapter 14. Jesus speaks and he says to the disciples, he says, and you shall do greater things. And you shall do greater things. Now, for a long time, for a long time, I used to think that if we'll do greater things, and I'm pretty convinced I'm not doing greater things. But Jesus says, if you believe in me, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. He will deal with your sin. He'll make you righteous. You've got to understand that believing in Christ, the church is doing greater things. The church... What we do on a Sunday is doing greater things. Yeah. Because when Jesus was there, his ministry was, was limited to 
ministering within an Old Testament framework, not new. He was, he was fulfilling the law. When he went, it, when he went to the Father, that's when it was completed and the new covenant that we have in God was released. That was the greater thing. You shall do greater things. Well, what are the greater things? Are they measured by how many, the, the, the size of the miracle? The, no, we will see greater miracles than, and we will see extraordinary things, but you don't measure it by the miracles. You, you measure it by the work of the Spirit that reveals the glory of Christ. The glory of Christ is revealed upon the face of the earth. When we worship Him, we are doing greater things. The, these are things which couldn't have been done when Christ was upon the earth, but now we're doing greater things. The righteousness, our righteousness, is our access to do all the things that he's called us to do. You are righteous to do all things. Yeah. I kind of feel like you don't believe me, but... <laughs> I, I wish we could get this so deep in our spirit. This is what the prayer house is going to be all about. Mm. It's about understanding that what did the Holy Spirit come to do? Convict us of righteousness. Mm. We need convicting of righteousness every day. Because if we don't get that conviction, we don't get our purpose. We don't get the reason we do anything. We don't understand how to do it. We don't feel qualified. And we're constantly stepping back from what it is that God has laid upon us. His righteousness has been laid upon us, and that righteousness is my access to everything yeah. that is within the promises of his word that rests upon me. Yeah. It's all he has to do. Convict you of unbelief. Reveal your unbelief that you may believe in him. Reveal the righteousness of Christ that is upon your life. And here's the last point, the one that we do the least, that we must do on a regular basis. The conviction to convict the world of judgment. What a strange thing to say. To convict the world of judgment. That doesn't even make sense. Because this is what he says. He says, of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Wait, wait a minute. Let me just get this. He's come to bring light. Conviction is to bring light. He's come to bring light on judgment that is not anything to do with me, but it is to do with the spirit realm. It's to, on the, the ruler of this world. It's to do with demonic forces, powers, and principalities. Yeah. He wants you to understand. He wants you to get a revelation that you have the power. Come on. You have the power to bring judgment yeah. in this world on all things which are demonically inspired which are the reflection 
and the, the influence of demonic activity, we are to get a revelation of our authority to bring judgment. Now, how does that judgment work? How do you, you know, we've got to, you, if you want to live a spirit-filled life, what are the three things we've got to deal with? We've got to deal with our believing that we may believe in Jesus Christ, that we may believe in his name, we may get such a revelation that we may understand our righteousness, have strong, such a strong identity, and just have access to courage and faith for everything that he's called us to do, and that we would step into a realm of authority, speaking judgment over all forces of the enemy, so that we put everything in its correct order. Let me... Let me... See this, it says in it's, it's two, Ephesians 1, 18 says this, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that mean you may know what is the hope of his calling. Mm-hmm. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that's called being convicted. <laughs> the eyes of your understanding being enlightened is the Holy Spirit just convicted me. Mm-hmm. What did he do? He shed light. On what he has done for me. He convicted me of my calling. Yeah. I got a revelation. Right? Go to verse 20. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. That every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. To the church. So we, our understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit, what is the work, what is the mission statement of the Holy Spirit? The mission statement of the Holy Spirit is for you to understand that Jesus Christ has won a victory And he has placed the enemy under his feet, which is the church. So what is our responsibility of exercising judgment in the Holy Spirit? Our responsibility is to walk on top of the works of the enemy. It's to walk on top of them. Mm -hmm. Now, we we often say it's it's to crush, destroy the enemy. But the enemy, it will be destroyed. What we're here to do is just walk over top. Yeah. See, yeah. see, the enemy will always work, but we're to bring judgment. Judgment corrects order. Yeah. When, you, when you bring a judgment, you bring a correction to this structure and the order of how things work. Yeah. And what happens is the enemy places us under his realm, we step into a, a step into an environment where he has influence over top of us, and we find ourselves being made dizzy by all of the impact of everything that's going on around us. But we are to have walk in such authority that we are to walk on top of. They place them under our feet. 
In other words, everything is beneath us. Doesn't mean to say that it will stop, that it will won't happen anymore. But what it means is that the activity, whatever the enemy attempts to do, is underneath everything that we are called to do. It's underneath us. So it has no impact upon our lives. It has no limiting influence. It has no control. It is limited by our faith and our capacity to walk in authority over top of it. I was, um, I remember in, when I was um, doing my um, Bible training um, with a pastor. I had a one-on-one time with a pastor every week and we would sit down and just go through many theological issues. And he was talking to me about one of the, the great sort of heroes of the faith um, walking through Europe um, in the sort of, uh, we're talking pre-1000 so we're talking very early church, and um, sort of come to the birth of the Dark Ages. But this particular guy was walking through, and he came to a pagan, um, a, a, a pagan place of worship, and, and he wanted to stay the night, and so he said, you know, can I stay here? Uh, and he, this guy was a, a, an apostle who was... Um, planting churches and and the guy said look you know you can you can stay you can sleep and so while he's sleeping a demonic spirit revealed itself to him while he's asleep in in the just you know you can imagine it would right you go into a demonic show and i stayed in a um new age center <laughs> we didn't know it was a new age so we not on purpose no and uh, it was beautiful and uh <laughs> we, we stayed next to the contemplation suite and uh so you can imagine the demonic spirit just revealed itself to him and, and uh, you know, started to challenge him. And, and he just said, look, get out of here. I'm, I'm here now. Leave. Yeah. And the demonic spirit disappeared. He had a good night's sleep. Gets up in the morning. Thanks the um, cultic priest for letting him stay. And leaves. But of course what he's done is he's... He's taken away their demonic power. <laughs> and uh, a few miles down the road, he gets a messenger coming after him saying, can we have our spirit back? <laughs> because all the demonic power that they had has gone. Wow. And he, to which he goes, yeah, if you want. <laughs> I don't understand that statement, but I, <laughs> I mean, what it, what it shows is that here you had a man who just walked in authority yeah. And just knew that it really doesn't matter. He, he was walking on top of it. Yeah. He, you see, the demonic forces are doing their thing, but I, I walk on top of it. Mm. They are under our feet. You understand yeah. that? Yeah. They're under our feet. So we have the power to limit, to control, to speak with great power and limit the, the capacity and the influence of the demonic realm mm. so that we are setting the spiritual agenda for this city and for this nation. Yeah. There are principalities and powers, but they are under our feet. Yeah. But we can only place them under our feet if we've already dealt with our righteousness. Mm. And we can only deal with our righteousness if, we can, if we've dealt with our believing. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www. 
Junction Church. Com. God bless.